0: This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. You're my best 77 WABC. Our next guest uh, spent a bunch of time working for Donald Trump, White House Communications Director, in the same White House that my partner today, Andrew Giuliani, worked in. He's gone on to become a TV star at Newsmax. And I sent this to Sean yesterday. I said, Hey, listen, Andrew Giuliani is sitting in with me tomorrow trying to make this kid a star. And he responded with, That could take years. Here he is. <laughs> Sean Spicer. Sean, Sean great S- to hear from you again. Sean, how, you how are you
1: doing? <laughs> Good to see you guys. Good to be with you. Yeah.
0: That was great. That was a great line, Sean. Uh, I know you're having a great success. The show is going great. You and Lindsey Keith, I'm happy to be that. And I'm sure that later on today you'll be previewing this uh, garbage we're about to watch tonight, which will be the President of the United States lying to the American public about all the great things he's done, all the great bills, infrastructure, and, and cutting down inflation, the economy, everything's great. Do you think Joe Biden, Sean Spicer, will say anything tonight, anything that's almost accurate? Uh, good evening. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if he remembers it's evening, in fact, he may not actually remember. You're going out on
0: a limb there. That's Sean. a good job, Sean.
1: Yeah, I, I think, um, look, this is going to be, I, I actually think the question you're asking me is the right one, which is, does he approach this? there are, if you go back and look at, at previous State of the Union addresses, there are ones where people, presidents, are are fairly straight with the state of the union that, that, Hey, we have problems. Things aren't perfect, uh, but they'll go put their spin on them. Hey, we're working through them. They've got challenges. We're going to, we're America. We'll fight right back.
2: I've been hearing a lot about Lang Insurance. They sell luxury home insurance to high net worth individuals in all 50 states. Call Kevin Lang at Lang Insurance. Call 866-964-4434. He's an expert in reviewing your current coverage to save money, leaving you with your current insurance company or moving you to a less expensive one. Clients rave about his skills. You call, they quote, you save. That's 866-964-4434 or just visit langins.com.
1: The question I have today is is he going to walk up there and pretend that, that that the world is great that unicorns are flying and you know it's all rainbows and puppies and or is he going to be honest and say hey look you know, we had a great month of job creation but interest rates are too high and inflation is too high and I know how People are still struggling to buy basic essentials. I know people were concerned about their safety when they saw a balloon float over the continental United States for seven days. I know that when you see images on your TV screen every day of brutality breaking out in the streets of our major cities, you're worried for your own safety, but here's how we're going to address it. Or is he going to just say everything is great, we're working hard, and America is on track? Because the problem is on the two – in the scenario that I described – Americans are watching television. They're listening to the news. They're listening to you guys. Um, I was just up in New York. Um, I've been up several times. It, it's, it's, it's not the same as it was. If it, you don't get that sense of security like you used to. Um, I was watching the local news here in Washington DC yesterday. And they literally stole the valet stand outside of a restaurant. <laughs> and um, and they, I mean, they put it in a car and drove away with it. The entire valet stand. Um, and, 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 and so you 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 can't tell people things are safe and that they should feel good. Um, and then again, like I said, I, I went to the commissaries the beginning of the weekend uh, to buy some essentials. And I was like, I said to my wife, I'm going to grab some eggs. And I thought I was getting an, an amazing deal uh, because I was, I was drying a dozen eggs for three bucks until I reached in and realized it was a half a dozen yeah. eggs for three bucks. <laughs> and wild. Uh, and, and I, I was just sort of like, you know, I, I, I don't think that you can try to tell people what they see every day in front of them is okay. So that's, that's, you know, my, my sense is that the approach to this um, is going to be critical. <laughs>
0: Sean, oh, hold on, before we get to Andrew. But what? See, I, I, you're right. The approach will be critical. You just explained, and very well, mind you, the two ways you can go about it. I'm telling you that the safest bet you could ever make, Sean, more than the Patriots in Super Bowls prior with Tom Brady, is he's going to tell you things are great. I guarantee you that.
1: Oh, I, I get it. But I think that the point is, I think you're right. If I if I put money on this, I, I'm with. I'll, I'll put money with you. But I think the point that I want your listeners to understand is that it's not like this has to be the way there is another way he's choosing to go in a direction that is, that flies in the face of logic because they don't want to, to, uh, uh, because just, you know, and so I, I just think that the point is some would argue, Oh, he has no choice. This is what he has to do. And he's not, I mean, historically speaking, it's not true. And so I think that, and um, getting people to understand that that's the case is, is important because they, you, you are on both fronts, not on a security front, on an economic security front, on a personal security front. Um, it's just not – he has a choice, and, he, and he's going to fail to, to, to address that choice.
2: You know, Sean, day in and day out, I saw how you prepared, how your predecessor, Sarah Sanders, who will be giving the Republican response tonight – prepared for the press briefings and for everything else that the uh, press secretary does, which is not just the moments that are actually on the briefing room, those 45 minutes or hour, 30 minutes each day, but it's the constant communication with the press. When you look at the way that uh, KJP gets treated by the press, the way that Saki gets treated by the press, what do
1: you think? I've always wondered that. Well, I mean, the interesting question Andrew, is it like it's not like people say, like, what do you think of how it's different? And, like, it's not the same. We got questioned. I mean, you anyone with eyes can either watch. If they didn't have eyes, they could literally just hear it. I mean, turn down the volume, listen to a briefing that I was that I was uh, present in and listen to one that she's present. And um, they're calm. They're respectful. They ask their questions one at a time, like little school kids. And when it, and, and they don't push back at all on the most blatant. Disregard for misinformation that she spread um, and or for the you, lack of answers and for you, and they then, reminded yeah.
2: me of Linda Blair and the exorcist. sorry to cut you off, but yeah. that's just what it yeah. reminded me of
1: yeah, and so it's it's just but I again, I will tell you that this is this is kind of like and I don't mean to to go off on a, on a tangent here, but this is what's happened with this whole Chinese spy balloon thing is that you have a complicit, complicit press that on the most basic questions refuse to ask answers. And took the White House talking points. Um, and you saw this with respect to this whole notion that, well, President Trump's team, because in order to show that the Biden team wasn't entirely incompetent by missing a balloon floating over our continental United States, they said, oh, it happened three times during Trump. And so that the, the media ran with that over the weekend as if it was gospel truth. And then what happened was they admitted in there's a story, I think, in The New York Times, even this morning, saying, no, actually, Uh, We never briefed Trump. We didn't even know it was the case. We actually thought they were UFOs until – I mean it's almost like they went back and looked on their ring doorbells and were like, hey, you know what? That's a balloon. And so now they're going back and trying to cl- clarify because finally all the Trump officials, whether it was Pompeo or Radcliffe or or Rich Grinnell, came out and said that's just not true. We were never briefed. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff has said we weren't briefed. And so they tried to basically get the press to carry their water forms to say that they it wasn't it wasn't just a Biden thing. It was also a Trump thing until everyone from Trump world came out and said it's not true. Right. And now what they have to do, but but they all went with it for all weekend. And this goes back to your point, Andrew, is that no matter what. The They say they're like they nod their heads like they're Stepford wives.
0: They do, and uh, they do have the narrative because about 99% of folks take in their news from those outlets. We've got very few places to go Newsmax, Fox News, that's really about it. Sean Spicer, 5 p.m. every weeknight on Newsmax. Uh, Lindsey Keith as well, they do a terrific job. Uh, Sean, I want to get to Trump here. You just mentioned Donald Trump, and when you watch the State of the Union tonight, it's really very simple. Ask yourself this question since Trump did this speech and uh, Nancy Pelosi ripped it up, by the way, which was still one of the, most, uh, the grossest moments I've ever seen in political history. Ask yourself this two years later. What's better now? Is the economy better? Foreign policy, is that better? There's wars everywhere. Has the racial divide in America gotten better with a black vice president? Ask yourself this, demonizing police. What's better? And I'll ask you the same thing I asked you about Joe Biden at the very beginning. Can you give me one accurate answer? One.
1: No. I mean think about it. He's gonna make his the case tonight. He said it the other day, and again, this is goes back to my point that I was just talking about. He said inflation was crazy where I came in. It was one point four percent. That's a fact. You it was one point four percent. Gas prices were at two dollars or something a gallon. All of these things, he, he then but but they everybody just no one calls him out on it. And and so yes, inflation went to eight percent, and now it's only at six and whatever. And and eggs were at you know seventeen dollars, and now they're only at eight. And it's like, but the, he acts like somehow none of this happened. It was at one point four percent interest rates were at two or three percent or whatever they were, but now they're at you know a variable interest rate on a loan that I had is at nine point five percent. I don't know what the but it, it's it's just. It doesn't – but no one calls him out, Sid. That's the problem. He gets away with saying inflation was rampant when I came in. That's just – it's not true. The numbers are very clear. There's no ambiguity, and yet he he will stand there today and say everything is great. And that's – I mean the only beauty of it is that every American who hears that is going to say not in my house. (laughs) And so they're going to sit there and say – I saw the balloon from my own eyes. I saw the price of eggs. I saw a gallon of gas. I see what my interest rate on my credit card. So you can say what you want from that rostrum in the House of Representatives, but I'm not an idiot, Mr. President. I see what's happening. Don't lie to me. And so to to, to the extent that he actually does come out and say this, I almost say more the merrier because <laughs> the more the American people realize that the media and this administration continues to feed them lies and misinformation the better. Because if it was mixed up a little, then maybe they'd say, oh, I get, oh, maybe it's not as bad. But the more it's just blatant, the better.
0: Yeah, but here's the problem. They blame Biden. In other words, Republicans know we can't do the job. Democrats don't want him. Democrats will still say, I'll take anybody rather than Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. So if he has a miserable night and he keeps lying, they're not going to say the Democrats are no good. Even Democrats will stab him in the back and say, he's no good, but you still got to vote for us come 2024. You know that.
1: Well, I I, I don't know. I mean, look at the, the polls that just came out from ABC over the weekend. I mean, Democrats... By a huge majority, don't want him to be the candidate, and I think what he's done in New Hampshire with this lineup—I know it sounds petty—but you got four electoral votes in New Hampshire, where enough people are going to say you screwed the state of New Hampshire out of a lot of our economic well-being um, that we normally deprive, get, get gain out of uh, every four years people coming through. I, I just think that the, the the races that we have these days are close enough that if Republicans can actually not get in their own way this cycle, that Enough people are saying, I gave Biden a chance. What was the problem? Here's the bottom line, and you know this, and Andrew knows this more than anybody. There wasn't a person during the last campaign, during the 2020 campaign, that it was about the policy. It was all yeah. about tweets. Oh, I love the Trump policy. I love what's going on in the economy, but can he stop tweeting? Can he stop doing this? What we've seen now is people being able to say, okay, maybe I don't mind the tweets anymore. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I can deal with the yeah. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I don't even have tweets social, so who cares? But, I mean, my point is, is that I think people realize tweets didn't hurt me. All these little one-off things didn't hurt me but what hurt me now is my kids, you know, education is going in the toilet because of all this woke agenda. The economy is is you know, killing me. I can't make ends meet. The, our country is under attack by China in terms of its surveillance and what they're doing and no one's standing up to them. I mean, the administration yesterday when asked could jump here wouldn't even say that TikTok is a national security threat. What what's going on? The FBI has said it. This is not a tough stretch here, but we are, we are at a point where I think every American is starting to say, okay, I don't care about tweets anymore. I care about the security, the economic and personal security uh, that, that I need to have. So I, I, I think that the more this goes on, that you'll probably have the chairman of the DNC second the nomination of Donald Trump or you know, Ron DeSantis or whomever.
2: You know, Sean, it is Super Bowl week this week. And even though Sid did say that it was a sure bet that Tom Brady in the Super Bowl would be winning, he forgot to mention the two that Eli Manning uh, won. Now, I know he actually I, lost three. He lost he three. three he lost one more to Philly yeah. as well. The reason why I say that is Sean is a massive Patriots fan. One of my favorite moments in the White House. I want to get your rem- memory of this. Uh, let's go to Cut 18 first. A little moment between Sean Spicer and a guy named Gronk.
1: Can I just... Help. Uh, I think I got this, but thank you. Um, maybe. All right. Thanks, man. I'll see you in a uh, Hold on. One All
2: right. That, that was cool. So if you couldn't hear, Gronk actually came in and said, Sean, do you need a hand with this over here? And Sean, as you heard there, said it's cool. What do you remember about that day when the Patriots came in in 2017?
1: Well, first of all, uh, you know, look, I, uh, you were crucially, you know, key, key in that and all that happening. I know that, you know, you are key in, in coordinating all those big events and, uh and you, you and I had talked about that, and you had said, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And, and I was a little nervous, to be honest with you, because I think the, you know President Trump sometimes he thinks things are funny, and sometimes he doesn't. And um, I thought it would be cool. I knew Gronk could play the part, and uh, and and I didn't know how the timing would go. But you were the you were the maestro uh, <laughs> of the orchestra there that, that that sort of pulled that off. So I, I don't I think the audience needs to make sure that you get the proper credit for that. But I will tell you, it, it does go down as one of the coolest days of my life. Not just Not just because of that scene, because that's epic, right? It was Gronk coming into the to the briefing room, and then later in the day, um, you know, I actually wrote about this in my book, and there's a picture. But basically, uh, I brought my whole family, in. it was a big day for us. It's just for a lot of reasons, just the way we grew up, and uh, and it was Mm -hmm. uh, it was an opportunity for my family to to really come together and experience this in a way that we hadn't growing up. And um I'm right off the the stairways to the go up to the residence in the White House and uh, uh, the president walks down with the team because he had taken the entire team up to the residence That's to show right. them. <laughs> um, and uh and Coach Belichick and Mr. Kraft walk down and and uh, Mr. Kraft looks over and he says, Hey Bill, get me that thing, Sean, come here. And he hands me one of their helmets from the Super Bowl that wow. I had been at, by the way, I had flown to that Super Bowl with Mike Pence in Houston to watch the greatest comeback ever in Super Bowl history, probably in sports history. And he hands me one of the helmets and says, no one deserves this more than you. Uh, And (laughs) and, uh, it was so I have that. I mean, that's one of my prized possessions. I had Belichick sign it right there. And um, um, and, and so, um, you know, it was just one of those really cool days where I had my kids and my brother and it was it was one of the only times in my tenure at the White House where I was really it wasn't just about me I got to bring my family and I, I you know from from that moment with Gronk in the briefing room to to the end of the day it was it was super cool um so uh you know I I will give you a lot of credit Andrew you you coordinated not just the visit but then find a way to make it super special
0: there you go well about that well
2: you're not so bad for a red sox
0: (laughs) fan sean we'll keep you around by the way uh, (laughs) on this week with tom brady retired it was two years ago on this day back in 2021 two years ago on this day the buccaneers beat mahomes and the kansas city chiefs 31-9 in the super bowl number seven and of course the last for the great tom brady as always sean spicer great job Thank you for joining me and Andrew this morning. Continued success at Newsmax. You're the man, buddy. Thank you so much. AuthorityGoldGuide.com.